I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. On this week's episode, I am joined by our first returning guest, Emily Murphy. Emily is a registered intellectual disability nurse and CBT psychotherapist and runs her own business called Mind Mechanic. We chat all about unhelpful thinking patterns and how they can affect different people in different ways. Emily, you are so welcome back to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Hey, (laughs) thanks for having me. So you are the first returning guest on the podcast. And for our listeners who may not have listened to the bonus episode that came out in season one for World Mental Health Day, um, I would suggest you pop back. It was a great conversation with Emily and I also had Aideen Stack and Catherine Dolphin Griffin on. It was recorded live in Middleton Park Hotel um, as part of a World Mental Health Day um, event and we raised a little bit of money as well for turn to me.ie um, which is an Irish mental health charity but today we are going to talk about unhelpful thinking patterns. Um, Emily is a CBT psychotherapist and has her own business the Mind Mechanic and uh, this is a topic that she's very passionate about and I thought that given that it is January when we're recording this and sometimes unhelpful thinking patterns can be very prevalent for a lot of people in January. I thought it would be apt to record this. So, Emily, I will hand it over to you to um, introduce some unhelpful thinking patterns and we'll chat a bit more about them. Yeah, of course. So, like, you're bang on the nose there anyway. January just brings around everyone kind of going into these really not... They're just kind of a bit damaging, uh, the, the thinking patterns we can go into in January. And a lot of it is around... I suppose the drast contrast between December and January you know December is kind of all oh you know relaxing. <laughs> we're having a great time everything is fine and then January is like okay we've had too much of a good time now fucking do something <laughs> you know so it's kind of like zero to 100 and then um as a result kind of people tend to go into the all or nothing thinking huge in January um so I am doing a lot of talking with like coaches and I go into programs where the coaches, the kind of, they cover all the the health and the fitness and nutrition. And then I'll go in and I'll do uh, stuff about mental health just to keep people taking over. And that has been one of the most common thing I've talked about in January is all or nothing. You know, how to make sure you're not going into that because when we do go into it, it's very hard to get back out of it. So, you know, for people who don't know what all or nothing thinking is, it's also called black and white thinking. It's kind of thinking in extremes. So it's zero to 100. There's no in between. There's no yellow. There's no green. It's just that one side or the other uh so it's kind of like you know the the phrases you'd hear like oh sure like especially people who are you know trying you know all the resolutions we make in January you know I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to you know start running or I'm going to do all these things that we all decide we're going to do or I'm going to do this course going to do this and then you know it might be like that you decided you're going to start a diet and then you're like oh sure I had a cake now the diet's gone you know and it's it's going from this one small single event being actually this means the end for everything. So kind of throwing the bath out with the bath water, there's there's just everything goes with it. it's very extreme. And then the extreme thinking kind of leads to a lot of pressure, a lot of shame. And I think we all know what it's like to kind of feel shame. And when you feel shame, you don't really want to do anything it goes to a lot of avoidance. So it's kind of this like vicious cycle of, you know, on 
unhelpful behaviors as well so like this unhelpful thinking leads to very unhelpful behaviors and I know that this is something I harp on about if anyone is listening who <laughs> listens to me regularly they're gonna be like will she ever please <laughs> but you know your thoughts and your behaviors and your emotions always will line up so if you have negative thoughts you'll have negative behaviors you'll have negative emotions and if you've positive thoughts positive behaviors positive emotions now I'm not going to be you know this toxic person saying with the toxic positivity being like just have positive thoughts you'd be amazing you can't do that like you know we're going to have negative thoughts but it's it's also accepting those thoughts understanding what they're there and understanding what they lead to and maybe disrupting that pattern but you can't disrupt a pattern you don't know about you know so the thoughts lead to behaviors lead to emotions all the time and lead to, to how we feel in our bodies so you know it's if you think you're thinking in all extremes so like you know i i had a cake my diet's gone then what are you likely to do as a behavior next you're not really gonna go back to it you're not gonna you know eat well you're gonna continue on the the cycle you're on because you've decided now that's a really extreme like completely it's a statement almost and then the emotion is likely you're going to be like guilt shame oh you know this kind of like I, I I wasn't able to do it you know even sadness would come in there and then it goes back to well sure I can't do it so and I there's a now even like a confirmation that I can't do it so what will I do again think about that I can't do it what will that lead to me not doing it you know so it goes to this big vicious cycle of going around and around in a circle um and then like you know it's that that shame will always lead to a little bit of avoidance and with all or nothing it's it's a lot of pressure so like if you think about the the language you use when you're you're in an all or nothing thinking it's it's outrageous <laughs> another thing sorry for everyone who listens who listens to me all the time I'm saying it again okay I'm saying it again but every thought that you have your brain's going to believe it's 100% true and it's going to act accordingly so if you are having a thought and the language is really serious it's really extreme your brain's going to be like okay this is really serious and this is really extreme and we need to act like that so if you're having a thought like I have to make sure that I don't have any treats this week your brain's gonna be like get the treats out of the house what are we going to do you're going to see like a bit of chocolate you're going to panic you know that kind of all those things come in because the way you're speaking to yourself and the language you're using with yourself is extreme so you're going to act extreme so mm. it's going to feel then like the big shiny red button you know don't press the red button you're going to look at the treat and you're going to be like oh my god I need it you know but you, it's going to feel like you can't have it and when we restrict ourselves it's easier to have it you know so Obviously, I'm just like on the diet uh, train at the moment because of January and everyone seems to be kind of on this um, yeah. at the moment. But this is why it fails so often in January. You know, it's why people kind of jump into a, a new habit, but then don't maintain it is because what you're doing is you're trying to put it in there with restriction. And that's never going to happen. You're never mm-hmm. going to be able to do that. You know, if we restrict ourselves it just becomes shinier. We're like little magpies. Like, we're like, oh my God, that is so attractive right now. <laughs> Even if you didn't want it before, you're like, I want it, you know? Yeah. So it kind of makes it very hard to not do the thing that you're telling yourself not to do. Um, So that extreme thinking then just like the shame and the the guilt that comes from it and the pressure. So like, if you're saying things like, oh, I have to now go to the gym four times this week. And then like, like, who said you have to anyway <laughs> you know who said that and also like you know if you're if you're thinking about that so if you're like going to bed at night and you're like I have to go to the gym now in the morning like have to that language is so definitive like if you're saying yeah. like I have to do that like what's going to happen if you don't because your brain 
is like basically going to be like, well, you're going to fucking die because your brain's taking it literally. So, you know, you better go and then you don't go and then you're filled with shame and that shame leads to avoidance as we know. And then we go back to square one. So like, that's kind of like a very brief introduction of like the all or nothing, like where I imagine a lot of people are at right now um, in and around the all or nothing extreme thinking, um, if, if you'd agree. Yeah, definitely. And I think something you said there as well, um, I suppose the confirmation bias, you know, you tell something, you know, you tell yourself something like, oh, I, I'm terrible if I eat this piece of cake. So then you look for signs that you're you're terrible or that, you know, if oh, then you eat the cake and you feel terrible. So there you go. See, confirmed. I'm terrible because I ate the cake and like it kind of spirals like and I, I've been, you know, I think everybody has been in that way of thinking at some point and like you do you you look for confirmation that what I'm saying what I'm telling myself is true and therefore I now have evidence so I'm right so therefore I can't eat the cake because if I do I am a terrible terrible person and it just goes on and on and on and on and on and you're just like beating yourself up constantly and as you said thoughts behaviors you know all those patterns then because you're after having the thought you're after you know well I'm after confirming it now mm-hmm. <laughs> so like you're just leading yourself down such a negative spiral and yeah. then we you know you know negative negativity bias as well like our thoughts are, are leaning into that anyway so if you're then after kind of conf- confirming in inverted commas then like you're just on that more and more of a hamster wheel of negativity yeah and like you know it's so funny because people say to me all the time being like oh my god my brain hates me and you know my mind it hates me and I'm like your brain fucking loves you like (laughs) your brain literally thinks you're a god like it believes everything you say it wants you to be right it's trying to prove you right constantly it's just what you're telling yourself is right inverted commas <laughs> because <laughs> nobody can see me um, inverted commas is you know maybe not actually correct so your brain is confused you know it's not that it hates you it actually is just being misinformed and yep. the misinformation comes from us and it's always gonna that confirmation bias is always gonna happen so if you think that you're going to be able to say something to yourself on a flippant basis or something that it's going to just be a pass by comment it's not your brain doesn't mm-hmm. take things like that like you know yeah. Um, and it's a big game changer, I think, when you start to realize that every single thought that goes in, you're, you're gonna, it's going to have an impact on you, you know, unless you kind of take back a little bit of control, maybe understand the belief underneath that or whatever is happening there. Where did that come from? Is that even me speaking? <laughs> you know, yeah. like what's what's happening there for me? Because uh, otherwise, you know, you can really demonize your brain and you can be like, my brain is at me. My brain is going for me. And your brain is always trying to work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just if we work with it. <laughs> yeah you know yeah because I suppose like you said there like if you're constantly feeding it kind of negativity it will look for like like that the confirmation bias it will look for evidence that that is true because your brain is your brain's trying to back you up basically you know you're like it's like a research paper or whatever there's the evidence there we go now confirmed done yeah so like if you're feeding it constantly like I am terrible person I am you know I'm this that and the other thing your brain will look for evidence of that and then you'll be like well see now I have evidence of it but if you're like like what you said it's about turning it around working with your brain and and actually turning it into like the 
you know, and again, I hate toxic positivity as well. I know you mentioned it there. Like, it's not about being like good vibes only, you know, and like you see these things on social media all the time as well. And like, I think some people have bought into the fact that like you can do that like it is high vibes only you know we're only ever going to talk about positive things in a positive light and everything is rosy in the garden all the time it's not about that it's about kind of just switching around just the way you think about things and like like that you said I have to I have to go to the gym I get to go to the gym in the morning if I want to or, you know, I have that option of going to the gym. But if I don't go, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Just it's just, and like a lot of the time, it's just a tiny little switch mm-hmm. of from have to to or should is the other word that has like and we've t- I've talked about this an awful lot on the podcast. Should is an awful word like for I think for a lot of people, it's a really, really like pressurized word I should do this I should have done this I should do that I shouldn't do this you know that sort of thing and it get it again like leads into that very all or nothing thinking of like well I should have done that now so okay. therefore yeah if I because I didn't do it I'm terrible mm-hmm. yeah and that's why um perfectionism when you learn about it is called tyranny of the shoulds it is like that's exactly what it is you know if you're yeah. trying to be perfect then you're going to have that in your language everywhere because you can't be perfect sorry to tell you <laughs> it's not going to happen um you know and like we'll all strive for it of course and we'll all want to have high standards not wrong with that there's nothing wrong with doing like well for yourself but if you're constantly trying to get to like even going back to the all or nothing thinking of it the 100 percent all the time and you're trying to be the best at everything you know the best anything could be in every single part of your life you're not going to be first of all so it's always going to lead to disappointment and you're always going to feel a little bit guilty for not getting there and then the shoulds just like pile in on that and they're like oh you should have done that today and like you know if it's not done and you didn't get it done there's probably a reason right and it doesn't matter what the reason is so your reason could be that you didn't have time your reason could be it didn't fit into the plan life got in the way but it could also be procrastination avoidance all the other things that we do when we kind of don't want to do something you know so you kind of have to address those things as well you know like it's like that toxic positivity vibe you know sometimes your thoughts are actually very informative they're very you know they let you know what's going on and you know if you're kind of thinking oh, I should have went to the gym, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that, then why are you thinking that as well? You know, like, just even to deep dive on that, like, why should I have went to the gym? You know, mm-hmm. oh, because I said I was going to. And why do we have to do everything that we say we're going to do? Oh, because, you know, I, I have to do it or else people will think I'm shit. Okay, well, people are talking think you're shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> is that real? Is that true? And, you know, it's kind of going back then being like, okay, where the hell did that come from? And kind of going back to the origin of it, oh, you know, that was when I was really a high achiever in school and you know then you know maybe when I failed an exam in my leaving cert and oh that really bothered me and I vowed to never do that again to myself all these things like your life experiences will always inform your thoughts so like you know if you're constantly avoiding something like the gym and you're saying like I should have went I should have went nothing's changing there you're in a habit of giving out to yourself that's all that's habit happening there and you're in a habit of shaming and putting pressure on yourself and then the next day you're not going to do it anyway so you know it's you haven't addressed the actual problem which is you know you obviously don't want to go to the gym (laughs) you know which is fine you don't want to go but like we either now go to a place of acceptance I'm not going to go to the gym actually or we go to a place of kind of problem solving being like hang on now one second why don't I want to go 
oh because it feels like a huge task I'm kind of scared to go it's a lot of pressure okay so why is it a lot of pressure oh geez everyone's gonna be looking at me you know like do you know I, I haven't been to the gym in ages I don't know what I'm doing right okay so is that all true now is everyone gonna be looking at you do you really not know what you're doing no I have the clue like I'm really I'm really nervous okay so what can we do what are the things we can positively do right now? Oh, you know, maybe I could do like a workout at home, feel a little bit more comfortable with what I'm doing so that when I go to the gym, at least the exercise that I'll be doing, I'll be able to do that in there a little bit more confidently because that would be comfortable. Okay, we'll do that. So so we'll start with that instead of starting with the gym, you know? So, you know, then you're taking ownership of what your brain is informing you as opposed to being like, I'm a problem, you yeah. know? Because you're, you're being informed all the time. And like, that's why I always say like emotions everyone's like oh you know when it comes to like a negative emotion they're like ah like get rid of it you know trying to like swipe it out and I'm like yeah. it's like an indicator on a car it's telling you something that's there for a reason there's a mm -hmm. reason for that like we're very emotion-led we'll always be emotion-led you know so if you're yeah. if you're full of emotion that's there because something happened or something is happening or something is going to happen and you're afraid of something or there's thoughts or there's behaviors that are problematic and we need to look because if you don't it's going to come up but anyway, you know, it's going to hit you in the face at some stage. Yeah, exactly. And like, like that, like you can't run away from your emotions either. And like, I think an awful lot of people kind of fall into that trap of like, oh no, I can't, you know, like oh, I can't feel angry or I can't feel sad because they're bad. But like, they're not bad for you. You know, obviously it's not nice to feel sad or feel angry or whatever, but like, it's because something happened and your brain, it, that is your brain's way of telling you like, okay, hey, hey, hello, you know, UK, <laughs> you know, something, something <laughs> happened to affect you or whatever. And I suppose I was, I was desperate for this before, like, I, and, you know, hiding from things and, and, uh, you know, like that now, because I should have been better. I should have been, you know, I shouldn't feel like this. I should feel happy or I should feel whatever and like I beat myself up an awful lot um especially when I like was suffering with my depression at the start like you know I need to snap out of it the other people have it worse than me why am I sad why am I you know why am I like this why am I like that and it's only through you know I suppose therapy and coaching and learning about my own emotions and, and whatever that I've kind of realized that actually you know obviously when I feel sad or down or whatever, and I do have dips in my in my mental health, you always will have. Um, you know, it's because there's something driving it. Something happened, and you know, it, it's not about running away, but it's about learning to kind of, I suppose, live with it and work with it. And like that's the only way you're going to kind of, I suppose, figure out how to move forward with it. Mm -hmm. that you're kind of like going to move on and oh I'm never going to have depression again now because I'm you know I figured out what it's all about or whatever but it's to kind of learn to live with those emotions and also it makes it easier then when the emotion comes up again mm -hmm. then you're not going to be like oh shit <laughs> run away yeah. you, know, that, you know that kind of thing because I think a lot of people do you know for like the bad in inverted commas if the bad emotions like it is kind of like oh geez I can't deal with that now you know, just just complete avoidance of oh Jesus, no, I can't, I can't deal with that. I can't talk about it. I can't, whatever, express my my feelings about that emotion because no, no, it's it's far too too complicated or too scary or too you know whatever it is. Yeah, and like it's it's funny because I say this to to people regularly, like you know, 
Okay, so imagine a world where you didn't feel any negative emotions, nothing. You're just positive emotions all the time. And people are like, you know, you can't really imagine it. You're just kind of like, um, and you're like, yeah, because you'd be an absolute fucking sociopath. You won't, you know, like you have to have negative emotions to be a regular functioning human being, you know, because that's part of our makeup. Like it's it's just it's normal. And like that's something that we demonize emotion for is not being normal, but they are. They're absolutely normal. And like, you know, I we kind of also like get things a little bit wrong when it comes to emotions. And we kind of we even like trick ourselves into thinking like what should be happening, like the shoulds again well this is right like you know even as you were saying there like I should be better than this everyone else is fine I'm you know it's all relative like if you're feeling something you're feeling something for a reason you know and like when you know one thing like I think is a good example of this is you know oftentimes people are like oh my god I'm so anxious I'm so anxious yeah you probably are you absolutely probably are and we need to take a handle on that and we need to kind of figure out what we're going to do about it and they're like I need to be calm and you're like no (laughs) no and then you're kind of like also calm actually isn't the opposite of anxiety anyway you know anxiety we always think that anxiety if we're going to cure it we're going to be just this zen like you know calm thing walking through the world yeah we're going to be absolutely fine just meditating through the day it's going to be perfect but that's actually not the opposite of calm the opposite of anxiety is trust because in a place of anxiety we're in a complete mistrust you know scatty uncertain place so you know and it's exactly going back to what you said it's the biggest thing I hear in therapy I won't be able to cope you know so you don't have trust in yourself there in order to cope which stems to anxiety of oh my god what's going to happen what am I going to do how am I going to cope I'm not going to be able to cope anxiety you know stress all it just feeds and feeds and feeds on you and then you go into your threat system it's very hard to get out of that while you're still fueling your own thoughts with it so like then you feel the anxiety and you're like oh I need to be calm I should be calm right now and that's exactly what you don't need actually because if you were calm like there's no way you're going to be calm your mind's anxious what we need to work on is that kind of acceptance of actually do you know what I'm telling myself right now that I can't cope and that I won't cope with this negative emotion I'm telling myself that this anger that I'm feeling or this sadness that I'm feeling or even the anxiety that I'm feeling is going to take me over and I'm not going to make it back out you know I'm, I'm telling myself I can't cope and I need to trust myself that I can and that I will be okay. And, you know, it's it's that case for everything as well. You know, when the anxiety comes in, oh, you know, I'm scared of what will happen in the future. I'm scared of this. I'm scared of that. You know, and it's that mistrust that even if that is to happen, that you actually won't make it true. So that is why then people are like, oh, I just need to calm down. And you're like, no, no, you just actually need to maybe work on that little bit of trust in either yourself or the future or what's going to happen will be there for whatever reason and that you'll be okay and like you know something people say to me all the time is like oh um I won't be able to cope if this happens or you know geez what would I do like how would I cope if that happened or whatever you know and we all another uh unhelpful thinking style is you know fortune telling and thinking that we can predict the future anyway you know so we we tend to do that a lot go look into the future which causes a lot of anxiety because we're like oh my god this could happen you know and then people will look at it and they'll be like, oh, you know, I don't know what I would do. And then you kind of have to have, going back to that trust piece, being like, you know, whoever you're meant to be, whoever needs to, you, whoever you need to be in order to take on that, if it is to happen, you will be at that time. And it will be created right then. It won't be created now because you're not facing it. But if this really bad thing is to happen, whoever you need to be in order to go through that, you will be then. 
and it will be created in that exact moment. If a shite, horrible thing happens, God knows it's terrible. God knows it's awful. And you will feel negative emotions and you will feel a shit about it. And whoever you need to be in that moment in order to protect yourself and move through that moment, you will be. Even if it's problematic behaviours, even if it is problematic thinking styles, you will be whoever you need to be to get through it. And then you can hopefully move to like dealing with it and moving through it and all that. But, you know, we never know who we're going to be. We never know who we're going to need to be because we never know what's going to happen. So if yeah. we don't trust ourselves that we won't come to the form of that person in that moment, God will live a very anxious life, you know? Yeah. And you mentioned there the fortune telling. I think that can lead to an awful lot of catastrophizing for people. Like it definitely does for me anyway. You know, like, oh, what if this happens and then this will happen and then this and then, and, you know, it's suddenly the end of the world. Yeah. Like, oh, like that, that's it. Like it's all going to go to shit. Because you had one what if thought and then it's all the hypothetical scenarios that like, probably will never happen like you know realistically speaking how many of the hypothetical scenarios that you have said in your head actually come to pass because like you're always and again this comes back to the negative bias in our thoughts and all the rest of it you'll always think the worst you know like oh well this is going to happen and then this is going to happen and then everything's going to fall to shit like my whole life is going to fall to pieces and it'll be the end of the world Mm -hmm. and I think that's a really negative loop that a lot of people fall into and it's definitely something that has come up on the podcast quite a lot of that that spiral of trying to second guess what's going to happen next and what's going to happen like if a certain thing comes up in life you know if I don't know a relationship breaks up if a job doesn't work out if a business fails if this that you know like and obviously there's an awful lot of you know uncertainty in the world and there's an awful uncertainty in life uh, you know just in general and I think that is that is something that a lot of people and I see a lot on social media people talking about it as well you know like kind of worrying about the future and I think a lot of people do go down that really negative spiral of you know like one tiny what if and then suddenly you know the business is going to collapse or relationships going to you know end or you know your life as you know it is going to change immeasurably or you know whatever like that and I suppose that's something as well I know you've spoken about I've I've listened to you you know talk about these unhelpful thinking matters um in the past as well and I know that catastrophizing is something that you talk a lot about as well yeah and you know like I think sometimes what we don't realize is that Though thinking like leads to behaviours and leads to emotions, some thinking styles are also a behaviour and one that we have just done regularly. So like catastrophizing is likely a behaviour that you engaged in at some stage because you needed to and because it was helpful at the time. So like when you were younger, maybe you lived in a very anxious household. Everyone was always very anxious and the what ifs were thrown around a lot and it like, oh, we need to protect ourselves from this. And you were kind of taught that, you know, in order to be prepared for any situation, you needed to make sure that every scenario was going to be, you were going to survive it, even though you can never remember all that. But that's the way that you were taught to learn about, you know, stressful situations, uncertainty. That's what you learned. But now you were 10, 15 years, maybe after that or even just a couple of years even six months you could be just after that thinking you know what is that true do I actually is that serving me do I need that right now 
in order to actually make it through this scenario? Do I need to map out every single bad thing that can happen here in order to make it through the scenario? Is that actually what I need right now? And like, you know, we can, if you think about when you're younger and like, I see this a lot in um, families where there was a high emotional volatility. And you know, first of all, PSA before, <laughs> before I say this, your family isn't the problem, okay? <laughs> you know, I don't want to demonize like parents and siblings and things like that. And obviously, you know, we do learn a lot from our families, but you know, a lot of the 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 learning, unless now obviously we're going down like the abusive route or neglect and things like that, then a lot of the learning is totally like people don't mean to, you know, say what the things that they say. They don't know what's going to imprint in you. They don't know it's going to be a life experience that you learn from and it's going to be problematic for you. They don't really know at the time. Sometimes people do, and I totally respect that. But you know, we don't need to demonize our parents for, you know, maybe things that they were actually just figuring out from time to, you know. So just to PSA that before <laughs> I say it, but you know, with if you're when you're younger and you know, like you you maybe did have a lot of emotional volatility in the house. So maybe you know, a lot of the the happiness of the day or how everyone kind of got on in the day relied on either one of your parents' emotions. So if you're, say, we'll, we'll go with your mom, if she had a um, bad day and any time that she had a bad day, she'd come home and she'd fucking blow the house up. You know, she'd be really angry or cranky and she'd be slamming doors and she'd be throwing things around the place and she'd be, you, you know that you had a very short, like, little temper there before you got killed basically when you got home and there was never anything like really bad from it but as a result you became one of these people who was really able to understand the energy in a room and really able to look out for this emotional volatility so you're kind of looking out for threat all the time because you had to do it as a child and that was a behavior that you learned so you're like oh sure Jesus what if you know mom comes home this evening and she's in a bad mood but that was actually reality then but it's not now you know, it's not like, what if I go into this room and everyone's going to be in a bad mood and hate me? You know, that's not what actually is happening now. That threat was real back when you were 12, 13 and 14. That threat mm -hmm. is not real right now because that threat was relevant to that. And though, you see, this is where people kind of get a bit confused, you know, because when something happens repeatedly and over and over and over again, you feel like that's all, you know. So like that could have happened for like 10 years where you had this emotional volatility in the home and like that's only one ex example but like if you had that emotional volatility of looking out for someone's emotions because it had an impact on your day then of course when you go into other rooms you're going to look out for it as well it's just a habit you get into that behavior you know of course you're going to do it but that was one person it may have been 200 million experiences of the same thing but it was one person and it's kind of reminding yourself of that, you know what, this catastrophizing thought that I'm having of what if everyone in here hates me? What if I stress everyone out? What if everyone gets really mad at me? What if everyone this and that? Actually, that's related to this one person that did that, not everyone else that I'm ever going to meet. Mm -hmm. And what has been the proof of how other people actually aren't maybe like that? And then kind of disproving that because you've had so much proof that that's how you need to live your life and that's a behavior that protects you. So like catastrophizing a lot of the time I see is more of a kind of behavior than it is a thought process. And it's mm -hmm. so unhelpful. Like, you know, it really is. And, you know, people kind of um, I think it, it can be quite dismissive when it's talked about as people when they blow things out of proportion. I think that's kind of dismissive and that's not actually what's happening. That mm -hmm. threat is real for them that whatever they're thinking about, they're afraid, they're frightened. So, you know, it's actually more so that you're thinking of the worst case scenario 
to protect yourself. That's more the definition than blowing things out of proportion, which bothers me. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. like it's it's thinking of the worst case scenario because you feel like you need to do that. Mm. But then it's now informing yourself, okay, that's a behavior I needed maybe then. And do I need it now? And, you know, if I think of the worst case scenario, what's the probability of it happening? And what actually are the other scenarios that could happen? If I was to write them all down, what are they? What are the other? And which one, if I was to put a like highlighter on it or if I was to underline it, which one would be the most likely to happen? And if you do that a couple of times, you'll start to rewrite that kind of process for yourself. But you do have to break a behavior because, you know, mm-hmm. catastrophizing very like rumination is a behavior that we get into and it's mm-hmm. a habit that we kind of form. So, yeah, I see people doing it now a lot as well, you know, being like, oh, you know i've already fucked up 2024 and this is going to be the worst year of my life i'm like it's 19th january (laughs) yeah and like i can definitely like relate to you saying you know it's a behavior like i as someone who suffered for quite a while with panic disorder that led to catastrophizing for me and it was almost like I was trying to protect myself from, okay, well, if this happens, what if that happens? And then because I was trying to kind of second guess what would cause it, the next panic attack. And that was what it was. It wasn't that, like, realistically speaking, it wasn't that any of these things were going to happen, but it was, it was just trying to second guess, okay, but like, if this happens, then this bad thing could happen. That'll probably cause a panic attack. But then if this happens, then this other bad thing could happen and that'll probably cause a panic attack. And like actually at the root cause of it was the panic attacks. And like that was all I was actually trying to figure. You know, I was trying to second guess fortune tell when my next panic attack would come. And then that led down to this catastrophizing. And, you know, I think like what you said, like there's probably like a root something behind the catastrophizing it could be something and like for me I did an awful lot of work in therapy on this and like I for a long time I I genuinely believed I wasn't I was I needed to be better I wasn't good enough the way I was and we actually led all the way back to school and I there was an awful lot of pressure put on me I was you know I was quite good academically and um I remember I got a in one of my subjects in my leaving cert pre and uh, I got called down to the back of the room and berated told I wasn't good enough it wasn't good enough I needed to do better be better this was in front of my class at the time um and like I had been in a car crash the week before so I hadn't actually studied for that exam and that person who berated me knew that um but like it kind of all stemmed from that so like I genuinely after that I remember putting huge pressure on myself like I needed to be better I needed to do better I needed to just be better at stuff in general and then it kind of led into other parts of my life and like so we were able to kind of bring it back to this because like I suppose it was it was pressure from teachers and like that then kind of you know her actually saying it to me because I kind of I felt the pressure to be you know like oh you know I was good academically but I needed to be a bit better I always needed to be a bit better and then it was actually said to my face you need to be better you need to do better you need to you know pull your socks up get better and you know that then led me to this like and it, it you know all through college all through my my working life I, I always believed I needed to be better at and like even in my it got into my relationships as well because it got into my subconscious like okay you're not good enough and it started out with not being good enough at school, even though I was good at school, but then spiraled into, you know, like, and then 
I suppose that was led to the, the what if, like, what if I'm not good enough at this job? You know, what if, what if I'm not doing a good enough job? Then, well, you know, I might, I might be let go and da, 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 da. And, you know, all this sort of thing. And that then fed into the, the panic attacks, which then obviously led itself to more and more catastrophizing. Mm-hmm. So, like, it can come back to, you know, something, you know, something that, again, like that, it was, it wasn't a volatile home, but I suppose it was pressurized situation in my, you know, and I had been doing that to kind of almost protect myself from that pressure. And then again, but as you say, that kind of, I suppose it served me kind of um, when I was in, in school, mm-hmm. but like it just went on for years and years after that. And it wasn't until things got really, really bad that I actually started looking at, you know, what the hell is going on here? Why do I, mm-hmm. Why do I keep thinking that I'm not good enough at anything? Yeah. And yeah. So like like what you said, it could be, you know, it could have been a behavior that served you back in the past, but like completely yeah. does not now. No, no. And like we're only ever doing anything at any given time with the knowledge that we have at the time. You know, so yeah. if you're making a decision and it's a bad decision that you deem is a bad decision, then you know that's probably because you didn't have any other information to go off at the time. And if you have information at a later date, brilliant, then that information will carry you down to the next time that this happens. But if you, you know, if you're looking back, maybe when you were like, you know, 15 or 16, like, you know, you're, you're looking back at the thing and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Of course you can't. You know, you're in your, your late twenties or your thirties or whatever. And you're, you're thinking about like how you can't believe you did that when you're 15, when you had absolutely zero knowledge on this topic, you know? So like, of course you did things that you know now were probably actually problematic and not helpful, you know, but that is now empowering to know because you won't do it again, you know? And it's, it's going back to what you said there, you know, um, I think people always think, because when I talk about the belief system, which informs our thoughts, people always think that it needs to be this huge, massive event. So when I try to like, do the belief system with people in in therapy, people are like, oh, you know, I've not had anything big happen to me, you know, like nothing big's happened to me. Like, And you're like, mm, it doesn't matter, though, because, you know, anything can leave an imprint. So it's like, OK, what do you remember? What is kind of, you know, something that impacted you? What's something that hurt? What's something that was the first time you've ever been hurt? What's the first time you've ever been disappointed? What's the first time you've ever been angry? And thinking about those things. And I remember I was working with this lady and she was such a lovely lady. And she, you know, she was kind of struggling um, with perfectionism and, you know, kind of similar on the arc of what you're talking about there. And, you know, I just need to be better. I need to be doing better all the time. And she was putting herself under savage pressure, you know, and you know, like I was kind of we, we went through the whole perfectionism model. We went through everything. We discussed anxiety around it, the language, everything. And it just we still weren't getting to the crux of it. I just knew there was a little bit more there. And we hadn't cracked it. You just know sometimes when you've cracked it, you know sometimes when you haven't. And we're like, we haven't cracked it yet. So we kept going and went into the belief system. There was nothing kind of coming up there. Went into the formulation of like, okay, what has happened in your life to lead you to think like this now and whatever. And she was like, oh, you know, not the night guy. I've had, I've not had anything big happen. And I was like, okay, stop it, right? <laughs> there doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be this thing that like with life altering or whatever. And she's like, all right, okay. So we literally went through her like year by year to as far back as she could remember or like okay that year what was going on for you you know what kind of things were happening da, 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 da. and then it got to she was like 15 and she was doing the junior cert and it was actually her father turned around to her and said well you know what don't worry about it because we don't like we don't really expect you to do well anyway so don't worry don't put yourself under pressure 
and that drove her perfectionism for I'm going to say 10-15 years afterwards because that one comment made her feel like she would never be good enough for him that she would never he would never see that she was actually really capable and really intelligent so she spent her whole fucking life after that being like I will be intelligent and you will see me be intelligent and you will see me get all these accolades and achievements and you'll fucking watch it and it was subconscious because even when we talked about it she's like ah no it was just a passing comment but it had imprinted and it had left a mark and a wound in there and that wound had been untreated and festered for a very long time which ended up in that kind of perfectionistic state of no one's ever going to underestimate me again you know Mm. um so then it's like you know we don't think of these things of like the passing comments the things that we say to people like you know that is that'll actually that could li- live with them for the next 10 or 15 years that could live with them for 20 years mm-hmm. it could take you could they could take that to the grave you know if they're not if they don't manage it you know and it's these thoughts that we have every day that come from those things those mm-hmm. small things those big things those things that have an impact you know yeah and something you said that like it's it maybe just a passing comment as well like the person might not necessarily mean anything bad by it but it's the way that it has affected you and the I suppose the thoughts and the feelings that you have attached to that statement or whatever it might be because I'm sure like I'm fairly sure my teacher didn't mean to be like you're a piece of shit but that's what I took back from it like that's what I took on that like I'm not good enough I'm whatever like I would imagine that it was, you know, like in a teacher way, trying to be more motivational that like, you know, you can do better here. You you have the potential to do better. But it was just the way it was said. I took it on as being like, oh, my God, I'm awful. I am not good enough at this. I'm not good enough at school. I'm not good enough. And then obviously I let it, you know, spiral. And it led to all these kind of like, oh, my God, if I'm not good enough at that. And like, you know, because school was kind of my thing that I was good at mm. so like if I'm not good at this does that mean I'm not good at anything else and blah, 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 you know all this thing so I you know like sometimes it might be the even the smallest comment but then you don't know and like you have no control over how somebody else is going to take it in either but it can have this huge effect on the person and I think you know like it doesn't have to be this enormous event obviously big events can lead to big feelings and emotions and beliefs as well but it can be something really small and like I think like like that now when I was in therapy like it took a while to get to there right you know like where did you get this belief from oh I just always always had it (laughs) you know that kind of thing and like it's like no I don't think anything did happen and it was only when we were like geez we were digging and digging and digging and then eventually I was like oh yeah I remember that you know like because she was like, did somebody ever tell you? I remember like my, my therapist saying, like, can you remember anyone ever telling you? And I was like, oh yeah, I can remember this one thing. And then like, it was when I said it, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that was pro- that was probably the start of something. All right, yeah, now that you mention it. But like like that, like it does sometimes like take a bit of digging because like, like I couldn't think of it. I was like, no, 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 no. There was nothing big happened. Like nobody, you know, there was nothing ever major happened to make me believe this. But I just have always, I've just always believed it. You know, that kind of like, again, all or nothing thinking like, no, I've just, it's just always been like that forever. Yeah. It's never been any different. I came out of the womb with that belief. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, you know, it it was, and it, it was such a small thing. Like, you know, it was something that happened in the space of probably less than a minute back when I was 17 
but it's just you know like I'm this is so and it's 17 years later now and I still remember exactly like where I was standing I remember obviously I was wearing my school uniform but you know what I mean I remember exactly what was happening that day I can actually even remember what the teacher was wearing mm-hmm. yeah. when she said this because like it obviously had such a huge impact but again it was just literally a kind of a a comment in you know in a split second kind of thing yeah and it's like it's kind of going back to what we even talked about at the very start of this is that confirmation bias like and you know it's it's awful but like if you think about it at that stage you might have been feeling a little bit vulnerable about not being good enough and then that was just that one tick over the box you know and that's a lot of the time when beliefs happen is you're feeling a little bit vulnerable about something you have Mm -hmm. a little bit of maybe evidence that you've decided is true about it like not being good enough or not being lovable or nobody's going to like me or whatever and you're thinking maybe you know if you think you're not going to be lovable or whatever and maybe you go on a date and that person like ghosts you or something and then you're like oh you know well that's proof isn't it and then you're like oh but I'm not unlovable and then maybe you go on a date again and that person's a fucking dick and then you know you use that as further proof and maybe you go on a date after that and that person turns around being like oh do you know what where I'm not gonna this isn't gonna go anywhere like I've no interest Mm. in you and then you go home and you're like I'm unlovable because you were already vulnerable you were in that era of kind of okay I'm a little bit vulnerable to this right now not understanding you were vulnerable to it and then one little thing and that's it you know it's it's in there and then unless you actively disprove it and find the proof for the opposite or even you know a little bit of a nicer twist on it then it's it's going to fester and like you know if you think about like how much I'm not good enough as a belief will fester into your everyday you know like achievements doing things that you want to do doing new things anything that's uncertain like not having control it's gonna impact everything so like if you didn't address that I doubt you'd be sitting on a podcast right now (laughs) your own (laughs) podcast I doubt you'd have your own business you know like you have to kind of look at these things as well in order to kind of grow from them because we can all be those 15, 16 year olds who don't have the information and who act problematically and have the problematic thinking styles because we've no further information at the time in order to go with it. But then when we start to analyze it a little bit and maybe even get a little bit of help, as you said, from a therapist or whoever to help you, then, you know, it's like that's when the game changes a little bit because then you can't really claim anymore that you don't have the information to go on because you and you start to realize then because the confirmation bias kind of starts to get a bit confused and you're like oh hold on now I was in I was in therapy the other day there now and she was telling me I'm good enough mm. <laughs> interesting <laughs> <laughs> you know and you start to kind of look for the the alternatives and it's like it's a real game changer when you can start to understand that your mind isn't always working against you and like you know mm. things that happened back in the day don't have to repeat they it it's a completely normal thing to be threatened by it and scared that it might happen again. And of course, that's the information that you know. That's what you're scared of happening because that's all you know. And that's okay. But that's not all that happens, you know? Yeah. So it's, you know, the full reality, the full evidence. Um, But like, you know, I think at the moment and like the all or nothing thinking, the catastrophizing, the kind of, you know, fortune telling are like the biggest things I'd see. But also because we're Irish and I know that your podcast is listened to everywhere right but and this is going to be relevant in other countries as well but especially in Ireland is like a unhelpful thinking style that's disqualifying the positive which I think feeds into all this and you know it's kind of like oh you know what 
good things you know that have happened to me are not because of me or not because you know I'm worthy of it it's just because they happened or it's just because of this or that doesn't count or that only happened because they did that and blah, 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 blah. and you're constantly disqualifying positive things about yourself you know it could be like simple things like someone being like oh my god you look lovely and you're like do you know why that is now right because I went to the hairdressers and she did my hair and like I got new makeup as well and that makeup is the only reason I look nice like and I got this outfit the other day right it was three euro it's a piece of shit like me and you're just there by the end of it after just discounting everything that person has said the person across from me being like okay (laughs) you know but we can take it because you know maybe we don't feel like we're worthy of those positives we don't feel like that was actually us and then as a result that feeds into all that I'm not good enough because you know if we're going to disqualify positive things about ourselves even though there actually probably is loads of them and you know the reason that this good thing happened is because it's you (laughs) you know that's why this good thing happened and you can take credit for that but because we don't we actually then use that as evidence to be like i'm sure i only got that because this person did this yeah you know yeah and i think that that's something that irish people in particular struggle with like even taking a compliment like you know you compliment someone and then like five minutes later you're you're still explaining why like the compliment isn't relevant like you know no 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 no. i i'm not looking great i i i'm actually this is all a facade mm. like you know i have i have a cement mixer for the 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 makeup i yeah somebody these are somebody else's clothes um you know somebody else cho- chose these i you know whatever and like i think all of us are guilty of that a little bit you know like even the you know, oh, your outfit's lovely. Oh, thanks, it's from pennies. Like automatically going, like, oh, you know, it, it, it wasn't expensive. It's it's not something fancy. It's it's oh no, it's not. It's not. It's grand. Um, and I think, like, I'm I'm certainly like I was in that mindset for an awful long time. Like, oh no, 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 no. I didn't do any of that myself. It was it. It's just luck. That was just all luck. All of it, every, everything that has ever happened to me, well, it was just all luck. No, 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 because like, because for an awful long time, I genuinely believe like, no, Jesus, I'm not good enough to do anything like that. Like, it wouldn't be anything to do with me that I achieve achieve this. And I think like it's about learning that you know you can achieve things and you are good enough and whatever but it does take that work like what you said sometimes you need a little bit of extra help with with a therapist or a coach or even you know if it's something that you're really struggling with you might need help from a GP or a psychiatrist or you know something like that but I think it all stem really it all comes back down to unhelpful thinking patterns which is what you know the the big thing that we talked about today and thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge um on these things i know we could probably talk for another hour on this um but thank you so much for returning to the mind your mind podcast emily thank you so much for having me i am so excited to be the first returning i'm delighted with myself yeah (laughs) it's such a lovely conversation as well so thanks for having me Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, rate, review or follow. It really does help with getting the podcast out there. You can follow us on Instagram at mindyourmindpod for extra content and some behind the scenes action. Talk to you next week and in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.